Hey, hey, it's Stacey Reagan and Michael Doyle bringing you all things Central 301. Welcome to our podcast, The 301. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing very well. It's good to be back with another episode of The 301. And today we have a special guest with us, as always, here on The 301. And this time we're going to go up to Central High School and we're going to talk a little bit about scheduling and testing. And our guest is Kim Lewis from CHS. Welcome, Kim. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me here today. I um, look forward to sharing a little bit of information about at least where we're at with the scheduling process, as well as um, the upcoming testing season that we are going to be branching into when we return from spring break. Yay. It's kind of a jam-packed end of the year for student services for your team. Can you tell us a little bit about that scheduling process and um, where is that right now for next year? I know like some teachers have been asking, you know, like, we don't know what sections are running, what's going on, but there's so many moving pieces, especially in the era of COVID. So... That is 100% true. Um, usually the schedule is done, locked and loaded, and it's getting ready to be released to students at this point. Um, but with all the schedule changes that we had to do for the current school year, and we were making those changes mid-year, um, it made it really difficult to get started on next year's schedule. Um, so we are in the midst of building next year's schedule, my hope is. At the end of spring break, I'll have the master schedule built um, and ready to turn things over to the counselors to be again rectifying individual student schedules. Um, and then because they're in the middle of testing season in April, they'll be working on that at, alongside um, test proctoring and administering of those. So the goal is to have schedules out to students by mid-May, which is a lot later than usual, but just given how things have been rolling this year, um, that that's our new target is middle of May. So they will have it before they leave school um, and should hopefully still have time for students to ask for changes if they need to before they exit for the summer. And then teachers should be getting scheduled shortly before students see theirs. Mike, Kim is one of those people that I don't know if she ever sleeps because <laughs> she's constantly you know, working, I mean, building the schedule is such a daunting task with all of the moving pieces, you know, that are involved in a high school schedule because we have students that come from other districts for our regional pathway program and our kids go there. And then you've got ECC and you've got Mid Valley, like you have so many moving parts um, that go into the, the schedule. So kudos to you, Kim. I'm glad someone can do it. <laughs> Thank you. I My phrase this year is I just feel like I'm a hamster on a hamster wheel and I can't get off because it is like every time I turn around, it's like, well, we need to look at the schedule again. So it's constantly a moving piece. And um, I just appreciate everybody being flexible as we've been adjusting throughout the year and pushing back timelines and making adjustments to teacher schedules and student schedules, but it's all for the best um, of the students as we Yep. Are we got preparing. we gotta be like Gumby, flexible. That's right. Yeah, I, I've had my my finger in just kind of looking at scheduling at the middle school level over the last month or so. Just just kind of trying to understand it better and and how it works. And oh my goodness, Kim, I cannot imagine what it's <laughs> multiply that by three, four, five, ten, a hundred different things that you have to consider that 
I was, I can't even begin to understand. Yes. It's a puzzle and it's a good thing. I come from a math background and I enjoy playing with all of those things and seeing how they all align. So it definitely is a puzzle, but it's rewarding when it's done. So Kim, I'd like to ask a little bit about kind of some of the mandates and, and those kind of things. I mean, we'll talk about AP in a little bit here, but let's talk about uh, with the federal government and how they've come out with their decision on standardized testing and, and the different tests that they're going to require. So what's, what, what is that going to look like for students at the high school this year? And what tests will they be taking and when will they be taking those? And what does that schedule look like? Yeah. So at the beginning of the year, we were planning for all of our students, ninth, 10th and 11th grade to take the PSAT and SAT. Um, but just recently, we've been given some updates that the PSAT is not mandated for this school year. So our ninth and 10th graders will not be testing um, in April. So they've kind of been given a break there. Um, but unfortunately, um, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, our juniors um, will still be taking the SAT test on April 13th. Um, that is a Tuesday, and they will be all taking it um, in our field house, which will be new for us to administer in that fashion. But we're doing that so that our freshmen and sophomore students will still be able to have class and run their day as usual. They've had so many disruptions to the, the school year because of COVID, so we want to try and maintain some normalcy, if at all possible. So our ninth and 10th graders will remain in class. And then our juniors will be testing for SAT. And then they also, our junior class is lucky enough to also have to take the ISA, which is the Illinois Science Assessment. And so they will be doing that on April 14th. So the kids all in the field house, like how many, are you guys bringing in desks? Are you renting? Like, is there a company that rents desks and sets it? Like, <laughs> how, how is that working? Because that's probably like over 300 kids, right? It, it is. I mean, we, it's not the entire junior class because we have our accommodated testers. So those kids get pulled out, but it is a large number and we certainly don't have that many spare desks around. Um, it's a good thing I have Miss Carrie McCaslin on, on my team and she is um, an excellent person to work with in terms of planning spaces and configuring spaces. So yes, we are going to be um, renting furniture, but it'll be tables. So they, I believe they're eight foot tables. They'll have a student on each end. Um, so they will be spaced far enough apart. apart. Um, and if they're eight foot tables, they'll be eight feet apart. Well, I guess a little less than eight feet, but um, so they'll be spaced apart. Um, and that is why we decided to do the two tests back to back. Um, originally, we were looking at doing the ISA and the SAT on separate weeks. Um, but because we have to rent furniture, um, we felt like it was most responsible to have them back to back. So we only had to rent that once and then set up um, and clean up can happen once. That makes sense. Um, how about the Constitution test? Yeah, so all of our students in American government class take the Constitution test. And it is a requirement for all students before they graduate to take that. Last year, because most students take American government as juniors, last year some of our junior students 
weren't able to take the constitution test because it was scheduled during the pandemic and during the shutdown. And so we've been working with our government teachers. And so they will be administering the constitution test to all of their current students, as well as any senior that missed it last year um, during their classes in May. Um, so May 13th, they'll take the US constitution test and May 20th, they'll take the Illinois constitution test. That's um, that's got to be kind of challenging for those kids because they haven't been in government then for a year. Did they build some sort of capacity for them to review and look at things? Or Yes, uh, Mr. Clark and Mrs. McGuire, our government teachers, did um, put together a Canvas page with some review materials. Um, and then they also will hold a review session with their their students and so it'll be available to these students that need to make it up as well. Um, we piloted this with a small group of students in December. Any of our early graduates that had to, to make up the constitution test um, went through this in December and so they had to go through the Canvas course, get the review materials, they did the live review session that um, Mrs. McGuire and Mr. Clark offered and then they showed up for their test. Now this testing administration, May 13th and May 20th, it will be done um, all on the computer. So they won't have to come down to a classroom to do it. They will log into their computer during their advisory period to take it. Unless, I mean, if they're a current government student, they'll take it during their government class. But if they're a senior that needs to make it up, they will make it up while they're in their advisory class so they don't have to miss any instruction. That, that works out rather nicely then. Yeah. Um, so how are, I'm thinking about our remote students and I know that, you know, we're coming back full force on, on April 5th, but we, we do still have a block of students who have chosen to remain remote for the remainder of the year. Um, if I'm a junior and I'm a remote student, how am I going to be taking the, the SAT exam and the ISA and, you know, some of those other tests that are, are going to happen um, here at the end of the year? Yeah, so unfortunately, we haven't give, been given permission to administer the SAT or ISA remotely. Um, therefore, we are requiring all of our junior students on April 13th and 14th to come into the building to take that, that assessment. Um, the good news is they will only be in one location of the building. They'll come in to take their test in their testing location, and they are allowed to leave immediately after the test. So they can kind of stay in their little bubble during testing, and then as soon as testing is over, they will be able to leave. So it's not like they would be expected to go back to a classroom when they're done um, or into a commons area to eat or things like that. So they will be kind of contained to their testing environment. Um, if they do not come on test day, we do have to offer a makeup date and that makeup date is April 27th for SAT testing. And so we'll offer that as well. Normally a makeup date is a little bit smaller of a group that we're testing. So if anyone is extremely concerned about safety on that large group, um, they have the opportunity to come back on the makeup date to take that. 
Kim, I know that there are a lot of people who are listening to us who have students who are interested in advanced placement and the AP tests. Can you tell us a little bit about when advanced placement tests are going to happen and how that might look? Yeah, so AP testing is always a big deal around around Central High School um, and no different this year. Um, we are opting to have the students take the paper and pencil test in a school environment because we feel like that's the best environment for them. So we are planning our AP tests to be in person on a paper pencil format. And that is beginning um, May 3rd and it goes for two weeks. So each test has their own designated date and time that we have to administer it. Um, and so information is going to go out to students specific to AP if they signed up for and paid for the test. Um, and they would be paper and pencil. If anybody does not make it to the assigned date and time, College Board has given us the opportunity to have, a, again, a makeup date. And in that sense, that makeup date would be done um, remotely. That being said, when we had to do AP testing last year remotely, there were some issues with technology or students forgetting to hit submit or a lot of errors that hindered our students' ability to, to maybe earn the score that they probably could have earned if they were in a traditional environment to take that test. So we're, we're highly encouraging all of our students to take the test in the paper pencil format that we um, are offering beginning May 3rd and it goes for two weeks. Kim, do we know will those tests be administered at the high school this year? I know and sometimes um, in the past they've had the tests at CMS because they had that one whole hallway that was empty. Um, are we going to be doing that at the high school or CMS this year? Do you know yet? Um, as of right now, our plan is to administer it at Central High School. Um, the plan did shift a little bit because we're bringing back students now beginning April 5th. And so some of the locations we were considering for testing are now going to be used as lunchroom spaces. Um, but we are still planning to administer the AP tests in our building here at Central High School so that they don't have to worry about traveling back and forth. Yeah, that's always a stressful time for kids, AP testing time. Being a former AP teacher, I know I know yes. that well. And it's stressful for the teacher. You're so nervous for them. So want them to do well. Um, is there anything else you'd like to remind students, teachers, or parents as we're closing out the, the year and gearing up already for next year? Um, one of the reminders I have is just that um, registration for next school year has been open um, and so we're just encouraging all of our families to make sure they get into Skyward and register their student for next year so that they can kind of check that off their list and move forward um, as they plan for next year. Um, because the high school schedules are not done yet when the students are being registered right now they are not expected to pay fees that are linked to high school classes so they'll just pay the typical registration and tech fees that are, uh, uh, that are assessed each year. Um, and then from there, once schedules are released, they'll be assessed for their fees for their classes. So that'll look a little bit different this year um, because they'll come in two waves. But we are still encouraging our families to get in and register their student for, for next year. Yeah, that registration process is really important because 
that really helps define sections and numbers. And I, I don't think people quite understand that sometimes, you know, they just like, oh, I'll just, you know, I probably was guilty of it myself, registering my <laughs> son late, um, you know, and, um, but that that is kind of important so that we know what, you know, sectioning is, is going to bring us, like solidifies it. Correct. And even more importantly at the elementary levels, because they base how many teachers they need um, and classes at each grade level based on how many kids are registering. So right. it's it's important at all levels, um, but specifically more at the lower levels um, for that planning so that we're not waiting to hire a teacher until the last week before school starts, because that's always stressful for everybody. Well, Kim, we appreciate you taking time out to talk with us today, 301. Thanks so much for sitting in and answering some questions. And uh, to all those people listening at home, you've been listening to 301 with Stacey Reagan and Michael Doyle with our guest, Kim Lewis from Central High School. You can catch the 301 anywhere you get your podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and of course, our host, Anchor.fm. We'll see you next time on the 301. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Kim. Thanks.